four friends, three states, two time zones, one shared passion. Welcome to the Sunday Drive, where we hit the fast lane and discuss our favorite drives from the racetrack, the court, and the ball fields. We are four lifelong friends who grew up around racing and a love of professional and collegiate sports. Today, we are bankers, investors, professors, and entrepreneurs, but our love of sports has never changed. Come listen for the fun, gain some insight, and probably a few laughs as we give you our perspective on those last lap lead changes, game-winning scores, and franchise players. We are The Sunday Drive. Welcome, everyone, to Episode 6 of The Sunday Drive. I'm John, here with Matt and David. Uh, so excited to get going uh, tonight. Um, we've got a, a little bit of different uh, approach to this particular one. Um, we're going to get into some, ba- some debates um, and some discussions about all-time greats and all-time busts and a little bit in between. So uh, before we get started, so as we mentioned last week, we really want to make this show interactive. Um, we already have some healthy debate going on on Twitter, a lot of good conversation with you guys out there, uh, whether you agree or disagree. We love all the feedback that you give us um, and the talking points that you provide us. Uh, but we want to make this continue to be interactive um, on all of our different avenues that we've set up for you guys. So, um, David, why don't you let everybody know how they can get a hold of us and how we can interact with them? Yeah, so there are four main ways for everybody to really get in contact with us, communicate outside of the show. Uh, first is just on Twitter and Facebook. You can find us at Sunday Drive underscore pod. And again, that's at Sunday Drive underscore pod. If you have any questions, comments, topics you want us to talk about on the show, send us an email at the Sunday Drive Podcast at gmail.com. And also, if you have a question that you want to be featured on the show for us to attack from whatever angle that we think, uh, you can give us a call, leave us a message at 704-251-9455. And we look forward to hearing from you and talking with you throughout the week. Thanks, David. And yeah, questions, comments, uh, we'd love to hear it. Um, And yeah, if you want an opportunity to to be heard on the show, we'd love to, to play your audio. Um, and then have a chance to respond on a future episode. So uh, looking forward to that, guys. Uh, so let's roll in. Let's, uh, let's wave that green flag, guys, and get rolling into our, our topics. A um, lot of good content that uh, David and, and Chris, uh, who's back in the – he's the mastermind of our, our episodes and agenda. So a lot of good content that you guys came up with this week. But the first one on the, the list was uh, – the biggest bust in sports history. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I had some uh, heartburn going back and forth on this one. This is a this is a tough one. But it's a toughie. Uh, what do you what do you guys have? Bad. You want to go first? Oh, why do I have to go first? Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think mine's more of a toss up than what I would think would be a full bust. Um, I'm going to throw out Johnny Football as my Bad. bust. Because coming off of being the freshman Heisman winner and filling a role, uh, you know, that was left wide open at the time, uh, you know, he really stepped up to the plate, really locked in a lot of yards. Uh, I'm trying to think. He was one of only, I think, five to load. I think it was pass for 3,000 and rush for 1,000 in a season. So, Really and truly, he was out running some of the top names at the time and and putting out a lot of numbers. But the moment he hit his NFL career, end of his college career between 
terrible notoriety uh, in the public eye for, um, you know, multiple things around what he was doing in his private life. Uh, but that also took him into the NFL, which uh, I feel like they think they can work around that, you know, going in as the 22nd overall pick, which again, freshman Heisman winner has a lot of impressive stats. And then you go number 22 uh, just to be followed up with the fact that he, you know, goes over to Cleveland where we know all rookie quarterbacks go to die. And uh, he <laughs> continued that process. So um, I think he'd oh, be Cleveland. my plus because he's still to this day trying to make his way back through. And he just, you know, it doesn't matter how clean he is or how much he's trying to do. He's just not making it. So I, I feel like that was my bust. Okay. I, I, uh, I real fast, David. I actually thought about putting him as mine as well. Um, you were the big Johnny I, football I fan forever. I know. You guys would always give me crap about it. I loved watching yep. this guy at Texas A&M. Like, he was, he was exciting to watch. Like, I have no connection to Texas A&M at all whatsoever. <laughs> and yet I would tune into those games for the sole purpose of, of watching him play. Um, so, yeah, I, I had him up there as, like, I was hoping that, he was going to you know, make something in the league. And, and then it looks like he's been banned from the CFL as officially yeah. this week. So hey, there's a lot of like, going to the AAF though, or the XFL. Yeah. yeah there's so a lot like, of yeah. chat right now is like, did he do something on purpose in order to get out of the contract <laughs> so they could come back and play stateside? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't surprise Normally me. I would say no, but yeah, with Johnny, you, you never know you never in know. his personal life and what he's capable of doing. So I want to know what it's like with his talks between him and his agent Hey, so if you can just keep it clean this week or, you know, do us a favor. Nope, never mind. Stay out of the news. what I can do about this. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Just shut up and sit down. Dude, his yeah, main every, job has to be PR. Goodness. Yeah, every time you think he's, like, <laughs> on the straight path, it's uh, he, turns, story. he quickly turns around. Yeah, he's in the media for something oh. stupid. David, what yeah. you got? Well, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, first, what qualifies as a bust? Are we looking at the size of the contract that this person received? how high they were drafted, the expectations going in. I mean, do we count like an injury against them or is it just like pure lack of talent, lack of motivation? So I kind of narrowed it down to two guys. Uh, one is Kwame Brown. He was Mr. Georgia basketball, uh, first NBA guy to come straight from high school, number one overall pick to the Wizards by none other than Michael Jordan. So he had huge expectations, you know, especially Jordan looming around, kind of watching everything. He played for, oh gosh, three, four, five teams, never really did anything. So he just kind of flamed out of the NBA. Uh, the other guy who I'm debating between is Trent Richardson. Number three overall pick in 2012 NFL draft. He had a lot of hype come in. He was an Alabama All-American, won two national titles. He was even dubbed the next Adrian Peterson. And his story, you know, he just flamed out NFL, CFL. He's now trying to make his way into AAF. So there's plenty of, you know, those highlight videos, and I'm putting that in quotes there, of him, you know, seeing an open hole to the left, and he runs to the right, right into his own lineman. So <laughs> I'm going to actually go with Trent Richardson. Um, Kwame Brown had some expectations, but, you know, he was young. Trent Richardson, with all the accolades coming out of college, and he just did nothing once he got to the NFL. So that's going to be my choice for this. We're sticking with the football team, I guess, for so far. Yeah, it sucks, too. Like, he – he had a couple of really, really good weeks in the AAF, um, yeah. like dominant. 
but then just before we recorded uh, tonight, I was, uh, this is Sunday night, so we're, uh, I guess we'll, we'll drop this on Wednesday morning, so, but Sunday night, I just right before we came in to record, I was watching, uh, I think, NFL Network, and I think he had, like, 12 carries for 11 yards or something, like, horrendously <laughs> awful tonight um, oh, as man. the the iron got completely shut down. So whatever happened down there, I don't I know there was a lot of rain, but you would think like in that, in that, you know, in weather environment that it would have been a good place for him to thrive with maybe a little less passing going on. Uh, apparently not though. I don't know what happened down there. So I, uh, I also went like back and forth between a few different guys. Uh, I even reached out to Chris and like picked his brain on what he <laughs> thought. Cause I, I, was, I couldn't make up my mind. Um, and I thought about going with a basketball guy, but then okay. the thing that changed my mind back to football was just because of the fact that draft picks seem to have such a huge dynamic impact um, mm-hmm. on franchises. Obviously, basketball draft picks do as well, but there's something about a quarterback um yeah. when they go bust and they're the number one pick i think um, i know what you're gonna say here <laughs> so i'm going jamarcus russell there it is um which again i went back and forth between him and a couple of other guys but you know he was considered to be the the best quarterback in that that draft class um he held out in camp so he already had mm-hmm. like a media stink going on and then once he finally got an opportunity to play um he was like a only a 52% completion rate uh, rating or yeah, completion rating. Uh, his passer rating for his career is 65. Um, and then he had actually more fumbles than he had touchdowns in his NFL career. So he fumbled the ball 25 <laughs> times, only had 18 oh. touchdowns. And then he ended up having like 38 turnovers uh, over the course of what that three year experiment. Um, and then I think what was it like his last year that he was still with the Raiders? Didn't he come back and he was like 290 pounds he was, going into he camp? He blew up. He was a blue. Yeah. So like the laziness, the fact that he had 30 something million dollars guaranteed, a number one pick. Uh, I mean, talk about setting a franchise back when they take a number one pick on a quarterback yeah. and that's your results. So I agree with all you guys. Uh, but yeah, mine was was Russell. Yeah, funny story with him. So since he's you know out of the NFL now, some former teammates kind of leaked it out that one time the coaches weren't sure if he was actually watching game tape. So they sent home Blake game tape with him. And the next day asked him what was on, and he told them, you know, whatever he thought it was. So it was very evident he didn't even care. <laughs> he had no interest in watching game tape, improving. He was there just making his millions and eating, eating it away. I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah. That's uh... – yeah, I remember when that story. leaked out. It wasn't that long ago that leaked out. No, it was in the last maybe a year or so. Well, in all fairness, as someone who has sat in front of thousands and thousands of hours of game tape, <laughs> I understand why he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> but when you're getting paid that much money, put your, your butt job? in the seat and watch the stupid tape. Yeah, yeah that's seriously. your job. <laughs> this is not a hard job description. Just sit down and watch out and play on your phone and halfway pay attention to it. Oh. Don't. Don't blow it off entirely. All right, I'll get off my high horse. <laughs> and again, guys, is, is for those of you listening, this is a, like an excellent episode for you to jump in and give your comments. Uh, 
we would, even though our next episode will be on different topics, uh, if you have a hot take on any of these guys or who you think is the best or the biggest bust, Please we would absolutely know. love to, to hear about it um, and, and comment on it further. So, uh, yeah, great job, guys. Um, so let's transition out of biggest bust and then go towards the positive sides of things. So the next one that you guys came up with was who is the best active professional coach right now? Um, amongst any of the major sports. So, David, who you got? Uh, so, again, it, there's a few good options here. I'm going to say my top two again, and then let you know what I think. Uh, one, Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs. He has a record of 1,230 wins, 570 losses, five titles, and something that just amazes me, 21 straight seasons making the playoffs, yeah. which is – highest ever in the nba obviously he's had some great players with duncan and robinson ginobili parker and but just the consistency that he brings every season and he's still doing it with a lesser cast the other guy i'm debating between is going over to the mle for the cleveland indians terry francona Uh, his record is ridiculous 1574 wins Uh, he brought the red sox two titles after an 86 year drought everywhere he goes people love him uh, so it's really hard to choose between those two guys. And I'm really torn by whether to go Terry Francona just because uh-huh. baseball can be such a long season with 162 games. And he keeps the guys motivated. He keeps winning everywhere he goes. And there's just something I think about his persona that people love and just kind of dry, buy into whatever he's selling. So, so I, don't, Terry I don't know what his, I don't know what his winning percentage is, but um, you may have the, the numbers over there. But, yeah, I also had Greg uh, Popovich as one of mine. Um, mm-hmm. When I started looking at his numbers, he's won like 69% of all his regular season games and 60% of his playoff games. And then, yeah, I noted as well, in addition to the five-time NBA champion as a head coach, the only year that you said you know that he missed the playoffs was, I think, the very, very first year of the Spurs. Yeah. It was like 96-97. So that's unbelievable that you can keep a run going that strongly. <laughs> That's insane. Yes, it is. Um, so Greg was definitely one of my top two. Uh, the other one, which is uh, maybe more controversial just because of the, the gates <laughs> that follow his name, but oh, wow. I, I kept going back and forth between him and between Popovich and, Bel- and Belichick. Um, you know, Belichick's got – he has like a 68% uh, regular season <laughs> – uh, winning percentage compared to, to Greg's at 69. Playoff percentage, uh, 31-11 or something like that. 74% uh, that he's won in, in the playoffs. Uh, six Super Bowl uh, champions as a head coach, twice as a defensive coordinator. Um, and then he's in very similar fashion to Popovich. He's only missed playoffs, what, I think three times since 2000. So, um, yeah, he's got Brady, but – and, and Brady's, you know, probably the, the best ever, as we've talked about before. But between him and Brady, they've put together kind of a ragtag group of guys in a lot of occasions and still managed to make the playoffs. Um, and even when we were doing predictions um, a few weeks back, I think all of us agreed, like, well, like, yeah, New England will probably win that division. They'll be in the playoffs. So it was almost like a no-brainer. <laughs> um, so I uh, – Gee, I, I can't make up my mind. I mean, they're both of them have, have 
like span the test of time and still deliver. I guess maybe I lean more towards Popovich just because he doesn't have the gates, the the flake mm, gate, the, the you know asterisk. all that stuff. Yeah, um, the between Spygate and all that stuff behind his name. So maybe that puts him slightly above in my mind. Okay. Matt, what you um, thinking over there? That's <laughs> I think you guys are kind of named to the top ones, but I'm going to throw out one that oh. hasn't been said yet. I'm going to go over to basketball as much as that's not my area, okay. David. The I'm underdog. Gonna out, I'm going to throw out Steve Kerr. Short, oh, wow. short time frame. Oh, I mean, you whoa. go back and you kind of look at what he did as a player in the NBA. And then as he steps up into the head coaching role, I mean, okay. obviously Golden State Warriors have been the team to beat over the last several seasons. Uh, four out of four uh, playoff appearances. He's uh, got an 808 record at 265 and 63. Not really counting what's going on right now, but um, he just – he really has a at, – at, at a young age for where he's at, and we've seen a lot of these coaches like Popovich go for really long runs, and he's uh, still in his early 50s. He can make a lot of leeway. Uh, you know, obviously they've set that team up for – you know, season after season of, of the ability to really win and take championships, at least making playoffs um, without even trying all that hard. So, um, but really, I think he's done a great job. He uh, really seems to take his job seriously while having a great rapport with the guys and, um, you know, easy to listen to and understand when he's talking during uh, some of his times on TV and, you know, as he's making his statements as the coach. So I'm going to kind of just throw over and say Steve Kerr, uh, just since you guys mentioned Popovich already and uh, Belichick. So we'll, we'll kind of leave it at that one for me. So Matt, who, uh, (laughs) are you saying that Kerr is your number one or would you have gone with like Popovich? Oh, you're you're making this hard. I, you guys right. already said Pavic, and so I kind of had to play to it make back it, a little bit. Just to make it a little harder, last season when Kerr was out with those back issues, Luke, maybe this was two seasons ago, Luke Walton took over, and he was like 25-1 and one or so. Two seasons. So, that's, that's where I'm going with it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Is it – I mean, I love Kerr, you know. It's, yeah. You know, it's his time in Chicago with Jordan. I was going to say, come on, Chicago boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I appreciate him. Yeah. And, you know, but is it – is it Kerr or is it the Splash Brothers and KD and like yeah, Green and yeah, I mean, well, I think we've had a lot going on with Westbrook talking about how he's leading the entire team right now, but um, you know, as you think about it, they they have a great all around team which makes it easy on the coach to look good, but he still has a job to get them ready every week and make sure that yep. they're doing what they're supposed to be doing lineup offenses and defensive because he's the one that's seen the floor as a whole. Um, you know, players are great. And, you know, we look at people like um, Peyton Manning, who can control the field however he wants from wherever he wants. Uh, you know, you look at NASCAR and some of these drivers that uh, can pick their hole uh, and just slide in for the win, uh, you know, gain around people they need to in a draft, but you know, it's the guys that are up in the box. It's, it's the heads of the team that are making that, in my opinion, as long as they're doing their job, making it an easier succession. Okay. So he's keeping them from being complacent. So getting that hunger and that drive going. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. We'll go with that. If you 
Look, I think nobody will that. go to a team where they where they hate the head coach. Nobody will go, especially yeah. at this level. They're not going to go to a team where they hate the head coach and have to put up with his crap. He may play you, he may start you, but if you're really fighting in the locker room and creating bad publicity back and forth, so there's still something to be said about again his relationship with the team itself and where he stands inside of it. Okay. I mean, I guess we'll see as that team, you know, kind of dissolves into their uh, cap space and a few other places. We'll see what ends up with him. But let's be honest, if if anybody wanted to pick him up right now with an open contract, I don't okay. think it'd be hard for him to find a job. Not at all. He's going to be in high demand whenever he decides to leave. Yep. Oh, man. What else did you have on the list this week? Oh. <laughs> well, okay, one last thing on that. I guess when you think head coach, like, greatest ever if uh if he retired tonight like just walked out and said i'm done would they still win the nba finals this year i think so i i think that you have you know again as much as he's the head coach and he's running the system he's got to have a good uh group underneath him to continue making those plays happen um you know, when we see head coaches that are better at position coaching, they tend to fail compared to being able to see the big picture and make it work. So some of these guys that are underneath him are giving him a lot of good support. You know, as long as they could work together, I think the team would be easily available to still win championship. Okay. All right. That's a fair point. It's more than just head coach. You got to have a good yeah, organization a there. So it's a group effort. All right. All right. So, all right, let's Busting switch Busting my out. chops, John. I like it, but geez. <laughs> Uh, notice that nobody else went after john or david <laughs> but you know not tonight i say least. one guy hey hey that's why it's a debate <laughs> unsettled debates come on um all right so let's switch gears and go away from professional um and then go into an equally difficult topic or subject cool. is best active college coach right now uh between oh, this is an easy one <laughs> an easy no. oh Oh, oh, I already know who you're going to say. Yeah. He's a big fan, so. All right, He's go for it, already. What, what's not to say? Best <laughs> college coach out there uh, across okay. sports, Coach K. Okay. Coach Krzyzewski at Duke. What's what's not to like? Homer. has – what? <laughs> the guy Homer who big. has a, over a 1,000 wins behind him – uh, you know, so you could get into the debate and say, really, that as a coach, all right, so you've kind of got the lockdown on wins and you've got several championships underneath your belt. You know, what could you do at the upper level? Great. I'm glad you asked. And, you know, <laughs> as much as he won't go into the NBA, he's still coaching them by running Team USA. Um, and mm-hmm. again, it's it's easy to say that we have in a group the best players in the world. At the same time, you have to look at you're having to bring in all this top talent that are used mm. to being number ones and teaching Alpha them to males. play together. Got so, right. And, you know, I feel like the NFL will be a little easier because of all the positions. It's easy for any of the guys in the NBA, you know, especially as a superstar, to just make the game happen on their own. But he's getting them to play together as a team, kick the ball around, uh, do all these things. And as of – um, the last, let's see, was it the last run that he coached in? When was that? Was that back in 16, 2016, where he went eight and zero? He's 139 and seven. 
giving him a .952 winning uh, rating, 11 golds, two silvers, and two bronze medals. So mm. if you're really looking at the best college coach across the board, uh, again, because he plays so many games, because he's he's not only sat at the college level, but he's gone up to the you know quote-unquote pro level at the Team USA, uh, easily, hands down, best college coach out there right now. Sorry for you Tar Heel fans. Okay. We just we we own the best coach until hey. he retires. God. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna stick with the same theme. I got two guys that I cannot decide between. First one, uh, we're gonna go into baseball down at Florida State, Mike Martin. He's been the head coach there since nineteen eighty, which is before any of us were even alive. Uh, his record is one thousand nine hundred and ninety one wins, seven hundred thirteen losses and four ties. He has 18 championships. He's already been inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame back in 2007. So then switching gears, and I can't believe I'm actually going to do this, but my other guy is Coach K, and it hurts to say it, but I got to respect him. Matt's cheering, and I hate even just seeing that. So <laughs> Coach K I'm is – I'm trying coach- to stay quiet. Oh, I mean, it, just, it was about time that he admitted it. <laughs> it's just respect. I don't like the guy. But 13 ACC I championships. I respect. 12 Final Fours, five national championships. He's won over 1,000 games. He's lost under 300 games. So he can recruit like, I don't know, he's probably one of the best recruiters ever. He can always get top talent to go to Duke, which makes our rivalry fun for UNC Duke. You know it's always going to be a good game no matter what. So I don't know. I'm really torn between those. I don't know if I can pick between the two. Um, Mike Martin has definitely done it longer I mean, obviously baseball has more games than basketball, but his win-loss percentage is amazing for baseball. So I'm, I'm undecided. I'm just going to throw those two guys out as – can I do a co-pick? Is that okay? Yeah, I think works. that's fair. Okay. All right. I'm going to choose both of those, Mike Martin and Mike Coach K. Mike it up. Mike, All right, John, Mike you're, Mike. On, you're on the clock. <laughs> so I went through uh, my big three, two mm-hmm. basketball and one football. Um, the first one I had was football with Saban, mm-hmm. uh, 87% win percentage since he's been at Bama, uh, six championships overall, five at Bama, but I, um, I sort of disqualify him a little bit just because I feel like basically everyone in this, you know, Alabama is a powerhouse football school or school and state. And everyone down there, and if you want to be an SEC country and you want to have a chance yep. uh, or a solid chance at the NFL, Bama already Bama. has that going. Which, granted, that Saban had a is a massive portion or contributing factor to the fact that Bama is Bama. Um, but so that's one. Of the, that's kind of why I put him at number three uh, on my list. Uh, number two, it's it's funny that you guys who were talking basketball <laughs> and Carolina Duke, which uh, Matt, you were out last week, but you know we talked about that kind of rivalry between yeah. the two teams and one of the greatest in all of sports. So at number two, I had Roy Williams uh, as okay. for one active coach. Um, you know, it's seventy nine percent win percentage, uh, three championships. Uh, with Carolina, he's been in the final six times, two-time AP Coach of the Year. And then the only reason that I it pains me to say it, I have to agree with you guys, I'm going Coach K at number one. is First unanimous uh, decision tonight. Yeah, yeah it's okay. – I think it's – if 
if it was apples to apples as far as head coaching and in those prime schools, then it may be a little different. You know, if we added Roy Williams and Dean Smith together, I might have a different, uh, different number one, but it's crazy though. Between Roy and Mike, both of them mm-hmm. around that 79 to 80% win percentage, you know, three championships to five. Uh, they've won more championships when they've been in the game than they've lost. Um, so both of them are around like the 30 something percent win percentage in the tournament, which if you think about how many years these guys have been in the tournament, I mean, say the year you're going to win one out of every three games in the biggest tournament in college basketball, you, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta give them credit for that. So I guess I'll go coach K as much as I hate it. Mainly I think as well, because of Matt, what you said as well with the team USA, um, his ability to, to get those, uh, sometimes egotistical NBA players to put to work together um, and, and continue to dominate in the international uh, front. So with, with that, even those NBA guys, they love him. They love playing for him. They love the yeah. respect he demands. Yeah. So, you know, I wish he'd retire any day now, but um, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> but we have respect. <laughs> so it's, a, it's one hell of a rivalry. Um. All right, so let's switch it up. Let's go greatest or most unbreakable records in sports. And this one, I think, could go all over the place. So I don't know what you guys are thinking there. There's so many options with this. Uh, uh, David, go for it. Yeah, so for greatest individual records, there were two I came down to. Uh, we're going to so go over to baseball. Cal Ripken, Jr., 2,632 consecutive games played, which is essentially 16-plus straight seasons without missing a game. So not only do you have to be healthy enough to play, you have to be good enough to actually play every game for 16 seasons. Most guys don't even make it 10 seasons, and he played started every game for 16. The other one I'm doing between going over to basketball is Wilt Chamberlain with 100 points in a single game. So there's that famous picture where he's kneeling in the front, holding up the sign. I'm going to go with Cal Ripken for this one. Um, just the longevity, you know, staying healthy, staying active, staying at a high level so he can actually continue to play, contribute. I'm going to say that's my greatest individual record in sport. Do you think anyone well, will, uh, will ever break that record? I don't see that happening. Um yeah. I think the game's changed a little too much where people are not going for longevity, but they're going to, especially like pitchers, even though he wasn't a pitcher, but I don't know. I just don't see that happening anytime. Remind me, wasn't Wilt the stilt the one that um, back before they made the rule for having to stay behind the free throw line, he would just like throw the ball off the backboard as an alley-oop to himself and then dunk it. Wasn't that still in his time? I mean, Uh, that's, That's it's a right era. Help land those hundred points in the game is when you have that ability. Who's going to be able to stop you? That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I had I had Chamberlain as like, you know, one of my top ones, not the okay. top, just because of. But then I disqualified him as being from a top, even though I I don't think anyone will ever have a hundred points in the game. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But just because the game has changed so much, and even though it's yeah. becoming much more of an offensive game and, you know, seeing a couple of these technical fouls from today and yesterday in the NBA, and 
there's been a lot of criticism of NBA officialing right now as far as like it's very pro offense. Um, you guys really can't get physical much anymore without getting teed up. But uh, even with that, I still don't think 100 points is ever going to get broke. But I had a few different ones. Um, I had obviously you think baseball, like the greatest of all time, Cy Young. 749 complete games like that's mm-hmm. never going to happen ever ever yeah. ever again um yeah. <laughs> it's a totally different era and so i but i disqualified that a little bit as well just because of the <laughs> fact that it's a totally different era and you know it's, it's impossible for someone it's literally impossible for someone to, to make that just because of the way the game is played now in the rotation um uh, pitchers and things like that so i had nolan Ryland up there if you're talking about baseball Nolan had seven no-hitters, um, which is incredible to think about. Um, but I think I have to go – well, I also had UConn women's basketball. Yeah, that's I'm going women's basketball. Oh. 111 wins in a row. Don't think that's ever going to be uh, – it was it was just a couple of weeks ago, Ooh. I think, that they finally got beat the first time. Um, but my number one, and it's actually for two records that he holds, even though he holds like some of – the most difficult records in all of his sport. I'm going Wayne Gretzky. So, oh, you stinker. <laughs> you stole mine. You know so, what? He, he's you know, number three for me. 2,857 points uh, in his career. Uh, Yarmor Yager is like second right now. And Yager only has like 1,900 and something. And he's 47 oh. years old. So, you know. He's not to, no, there's no way he's mm. pulling in another 800-plus points in his career. Um, and then he also had – I mean, he's got records for assists and about everything you could possibly imagine. But um, 215 points in a season is also one of – I mean, that's unbelievable that, you know, I've got the, you know, formal powerhouse of the Chicago Blackhawks of Patrick <laughs> Kane, the greatest American hockey player ever born. And he broke 100 points, you know, a couple of years ago. And that was an epic big deal about how – what a legendary season he had. And then you think that Gretzky had 215 in a season. I don't think that's ever, ever going to happen. The guy was in a class of his own um, and in an well, era you, of hockey when that you was... earn When you earn the name The Great One <laughs> with uh, several records that will probably never be beaten – especially with only, you know, with all the players that are coming out now and, and the the league getting harder and harder. I mean, it was still then, but that's just amazing to think about. Well, and, and two, if you think about it, like the fact that, you know, it was such a big deal when Kane had over 100 that, you know, they're slimming down goalie pads. So it, it theoretically scoring is up. It should be easier to score now than it ever was with, with, during Gretzky's mm-hmm. era, and yet he still is basically double what anyone else has been in a season, mm-hmm. and significantly higher than anyone else is ever going to be in their career. Yeah. I don't so see just, it ever being happen. So just to put that in perspective, you say Kane broke a hundred points, and that was an epic feat. So today, with hockey being eighty-two games, a player would have to average one hundred forty-three points for twenty straight seasons just to tie Wayne Gretzky <laughs> for twenty seasons. And it was an epic feat just when he broke 100. So, can you start in the NHL at, at 16? <laughs> you might have to do it like 12. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, Ugh. you know, and the thing that, like, you know, we're not talking golf here. So, we're talking that's like insanely demanding on the body of the, mm. the, the you know, it's more, oh. you know, more than the NFL, 
night yeah. after night, three, four times a week, just getting creamed into a wall. Um, and, you know, and still going for to be able to perform at that level over that many years. Yeah, I, I he's by far he's got to be number one in my book on that one. OK. And Matt, I, I know I stole yours, but do you have a, <laughs> right. do you have a, yeah, a second he, place? I've well, I, I yeah, I would definitely throw him in the first place and especially on the unbreakable side. I've got a couple fun ones. Um, neither one of you guys mentioned. Um, I'm going to start out with. Uh, Pistol Pete Maravich going back Ooh, to the late 60s right. uh, NCAA scoring record 44.2 points per game and wow. 3,667 points I mean you know they called him the circus show because of all the crazy things he could do etc but you gotta give it to him for having the ability to throw up those kind of numbers even back then even even in today's world if you were you know, willing to play all four years of your college team, even let's, let's even say let's three, say let's say just three years. And you played as a division one athlete in a, you know, mid America, let's say division two, something that's not quite that level. You're still going to have one heck of a time being able to catch up to those numbers. I don't even know if you'd be able to, um, you know, contra- going on to the other one, controversial, let's say Lance Armstrong, just, you know, I don't care how you load okay. it. He still holds seven consecutive titles for Tour de France. That boy can uh, I think that's right. I think that's something that you still have to, um, you still have to admire and hold down to just because of uh, what it takes for that long of a ride, uh, you know, sitting in your seat and really powering through. Um so I'm going to say that that was one. Hold on. Uh, oh, and then probably one of the fun ones, just going back to the NFL. Uh, does anybody want to take a wild guess if we don't know the most consecutive games played in the NFL? Joe Thomas. Nope. Consecutive. Yeah. Is, that, ooh, is, that, is that Favre? It was in our, in our lifetime. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. Brett Favre. Oh. Brett Favre holding oh. the most consecutive games played in the NFL at 297. Oh, gosh. Um, it, you That's know, impressive. So, well, I think there's <laughs> something to be said about, you know, when you leave and you still end up coming back to play another season. In fact, uh, after his last championship at Green Bay, he turned in his entire uniform into the NFL Hall of Fame, as David and I found out uh, on one of our trips. And he is the only one who has come back to the Hall of Fame and said, I need my stuff back. (laughs) He wanted his lucky (laughs) knee pads. That's pretty cool. Not the rest, just the knee pads. Um, So he didn't feel comfortable in anything that we had going on today, didn't apparently want to cut him down or anything. He wanted those knee pads back, and they released them on the contingent that he returned them when he was finally (laughs) done playing. So I'm sure that the tack – not the tack, the equipment manager was watching very closely over those Don't lose those. (laughs) So quick quick thing with that. If anybody is ever in Canton and you're a football fan, you got to go visit the Hall of Fame. It's a great experience to walk through. Canton, Ohio. They have a stadium right beside it. Even the electric, electrical poles outside are in the shape of field goal posts. But, yeah, it's <laughs> nice. great just to walk through, see the history of how the NFL started and where it's progressed to today. And, you know, and that was I'll, – I'll tell you, playing inside that stadium is like no other. It's just different when, you know, you're walking onto the field that the NFL guys get to play on. 
Um, I'm going to throw one last uh, interesting one out there. Um, most seasons coached in the NCAA without a losing record. Ooh. 38. Anybody want to take a wild guess to the coach? What sport? Give us a sport. Basketball. Ooh. John Wooden. 38 years of coaching. Nope. John Wood, okay. Not have a losing record. Gosh. Jeez, he was consistently one of the best teams in the nation, losing over 10 games in a season, only twice in the tenure at this yeah. college. 38 seasons. It's not a Division One school, is it? It is a Division One school. Oh, gosh. I'm blanking here. It's Tennessee Vols. The Lady Vols, really? coached by Pat oh, Summit, 74 oh, to 2012. Yeah, only thinking men. Yep, Should, I had bad. to change your brain a little bit. Oh, when, John brought yeah. up, when John brought up UConn women's, I figured I'd it. throw out the best female coach in college history. Oh, my. that Dude, she was amazing. Yeah, you got to give her props for that. <laughs> one of her oh. girls won the uh, college dunk contest one year, if I remember correctly. That's crazy. Brittany I think it was Grinder. right at the end of her career. Brittany Griner, is that right? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. I can't. I, I had a friend that played in high, played against her in high school, and she was telling me about her. But uh, I think it was up near Chicago, John. But she just she said she was an amazing athlete and getting to toss it right out the backboard and sink one when everybody else was trying to do all the crazy stuff and mm. couldn't land a dunk. So they made it pretty easy. That's but awesome. she still beat all the guys for a NCAA uh, dunk contest. That's impressive. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Well, all right. Some, before we go to our commercial break uh to thank our sponsors real fast one last one um, i got one more two to add so oh go more. for it go for it <laughs> all right so i'm just thinking of quickly most unbreakable record and this one actually had no debate for me it happened in 1916 georgia tech football beat Col- Ooh, cumberland college 222 to zero <laughs> yeah 222 to zero they scored 32 touchdowns, 18 extra points. And what's crazy is they never completed a pass, never even threw a pass. It was all rushes, returns, or defensive plays. They went 222 points in a game. That's, I think that is going to be the most unbreakable record to ever stand. Wasn't there, like, I'm trying to remember the backstory. Wasn't there some bad blood from, from, like a, a, from a, a baseball game, game between the even. two colleges? Yeah. So the yeah. coach at Georgia Tech just wanted like, to run up the score, and they did. <laughs> 222 to zero. Talk about having a bad day. That's yeah. ridiculous. Holy cow. I see some of these, like, Division two college, like women's basketball games, and it's, you know, like 92 to 8, and I'm blown away <laughs> by that. So to think of for football to be that, that's unbelievable. All right. Any last ones before we move Not on to that topic? I think we've. I that was probably a really <laughs> fun topic. That was just really enjoyable to research yeah. and kind of play around with. So, guys, we'd love to hear from you if you have some stuff to add that we've missed and you'd love to uh, have us bring you up in the next podcast. Please, you know, give us a call. Send us something on um, your favorite social media that we're available across. Absolutely. All right, so last one before we go to our sponsor break. Uh, who's the, the best team, the greatest team ever, pro or college? 
Um, and there's, I guess there's a couple ways you can interpret that. It could be a single season. It could be a, over the dynasty. Um, what are you guys thinking on this one? So with that, I would, I had that debate in my mind. Is it just one team for one season? Is it a dynasty of consistent greatness? And I know a lot of people probably think the 72 Dolphins, you know, only undefeated team. I'm actually going NBA for this. The 1959 to 1966 Boston Celtics. They won eight straight championships. I know the league was a lot smaller back in the 60s, but come on, eight straight championships. That's, I don't know. They've had some iconic players yeah. playing then. But, man, I want to say that that is the best team ever, best dynasty to win it consecutively that many times. Mm. Crazy thing is, is that I feel like, which it won't happen because – the NBA now is too greedy. But if the Warriors could somehow keep their mm. group together over the course of the next 10 they, years, they, they could probably challenge that yeah. record. It's possible. But, you know, guys are too greedy and everybody's going to be out for that dollar. Yeah. So I don't see that ever happening. But, yeah, I, I had that one as one of, one of my top ones. Uh, I kind of went back to looking back at my greatest coaches because I figured – if they were an all-time greatest reason. coach, they may as well be have a all-time greatest team there. Yeah, as well this this team to seem to correlate together. Um, so I unfortunately went. Uh, I mean, okay, I had seventy-two Dolphins uh-huh. in my mind. I had you know eighty-five Bears. Of course, I had to throw those out there. Um, but I kind of have to go Patriots mm. on this one. Oh, it hurts I know. to say. I know there's been some great dynasties out there, you know, Steelers and, but, you know, when we talk about before that you've been in the playoffs, what every, you've only missed the playoffs three times since 2000. We're talking about a 19 year stretch, five Um, championships. And it's even now today, we're still saying, oh yeah, it's an automatic. They're going to be in the playoffs this year. Um, Even with the (laughs) oldest quarterback in the league. I guess I unfortunately have to go with the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm feeling it. I see the look on your faces. Matt's giving me this Uh, blank stare of death. Twitch, twitch. (laughs) Yeah, I know. My eyes are like a hurt even there as well. Um, Yeah, little Tourette's (laughs) down there. But yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, if you're thinking football. Is there another team? Like, am I crazy to think it's the Patriots? I mean, the Steelers were great. They had six championships, but they did over a shorter period. I mean, I, gosh, I probably have to go with the Patriots too, just because they've done it consistently for so long. And it's just even expected that they're going to be back there next year. So, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I originally had the Celtics as my number one. The only reason I went away from that is because, of, like you said, the league has yeah. changed so much now. It's a totally different realm than what it was back mm-hmm. then. But, I mean, you know, I've only – obviously none of us were around during that time, and so I've only seen mm-hmm. game footage. But they were dominant, yeah. to say the least. I mean, it was an unbelievable stretch. But, I don't know. Matt, what you thinking over there? You're <laughs> um, looking – something's brewing over there. In well, the I'm going to have some fun. First, I'm going to have my okay. serious one say uh, I am going to go back to the 72 Dolphins because they are the only undefeated team with – um, you know, very little being spoken about back then on their offense or their defense, really. And to come out of nowhere, um, uh, I've actually been friends with um, 
one of the guys that played uh, on that team got to see, touch, hold the ring, whatever. Uh, I mean, you know, today's rings are so much bigger and so much, but <laughs> nothing holds the history that they have. So, uh, you know, that's going to be my number one, just as my serious topic. Um, you know, greatest, uh, you know, greatest team just as a one year stint. Because uh, nobody really is going to be able to. We've gotten close to the seventeen and zero, but that's today's today's build out. That's really hard to do with the longer seasons. Um, okay, for fun, um, <laughs> drum roll, because I doubt anybody would even come up with this one. Oh boy, nineteen eighty eight had a movie created. Four guys from a hot atmosphere getting into an icy sled. The Jamaican oh, bobsled team. There we yes. go. <laughs> Going back to 1988. Everybody have a good laugh. Best yes. team ever. Wow. Great One, movie. You know, walked in, made fun of. Nobody would would even look at them and thought it was a giant joke when they go in for registration. Uh, you know, and I think even John Candy did a great job of portraying the head coach with all of that. Uh, but earning the respect of everybody. Uh, at the Olympic event, just because, um, you know, one bad, one bad situation, which going down a chute that fast, anything could go wrong, but you know, one small thing upended the entire cart and they were definitely in placing for the top three for a medal, you know, so I'm, I'm going to throw that fun one out there. You know, yes. this last year at the Pyeongchang, we had the first uh, Jamaican women's bobsled team go for a run. Um, so I think there's a lot of, you know, really neat things that came out of that. But, you know, that's just that's going to be my fun one. Well, to I looked up some off, other man. crazy ones like <laughs> rugby and oh. handball and stuff. Just throw some out there. But that I, I really enjoy that story. Well, for you Generation Z millennials out there, if you've never heard of the movie Cool Runnings, go find a red box, find it on Netflix, go to Best Buy, whatever, Amazon, buy it, watch it. You'll laugh because hey, it's hilarious. You dead? You dead? Yeah, man. <laughs> what yeah, a man. lucky egg. <laughs> Classic movie. Go find it. If you never don't know what we're talking about, you'll thank us later. <laughs> All right, and on that funny <laughs> note, let's uh, take it a second to, to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back here in just a few minutes. Welcome back, guys. Thanks again uh, for joining us again to, for episode six. Um, and thanks again to our sponsors. We threw out that yellow flag there, took a quick break to to thank them, um, Anchor and, and the Black Tux, two great companies that are really changing the way that things have been done, traditionally speaking, uh, whether that be in the social media and podcast realm um, or on the, the Tux rental side. We've had the, the big box stores have, have been doing it their ways, and we've all um, unfortunately been to all those weddings. We've had to go to the big box stores and rent those Tuxes and go on and try on you know, a tux three or four different times. And the, I don't know about you guys, but as I personally don't enjoy that. So Not it's great all. to see that we have wonderful <laughs> companies that are supporting us and they're changing the ways uh, that we do things. And I think for the better, especially, especially on that tux <laughs> thing. <laughs> hey, try it on at home. That sounds good to me. Absolutely. 
So let's get back. Let's throw out another green flag and get back into it, guys. Um, or actually, I should take I should take that back. Let's let's throw out a white flag because we're kind of wrapping up here um, and go kind of our last lap thoughts. So, um, best moment at a live sporting event, whether that's mm. something you've seen on TV, whether you're just thinking in general, whether it was something you were personally at. What do you guys, Matt? What you got? Oh man, that's that's tough. Um, best moment. Um, I don't know. I had a lot of fun growing up because I had access to get in to see a lot of NCAA events. Uh, I got to watch the lacrosse national championships at Maryland several years. Got to go out and see uh, college World Series. My favorite was always going to March Madness and seeing. Um, men's and women's national championships uh, as part of the uh, big tourney. Um, so that's hard on a personal level. I'd say probably getting to see some of those. I don't know that I could pick one. Uh, you know, as a Duke fan, anytime I got to watch them in person was always a blast. Uh, but, and I, I do have a basketball signed by Grant Hill and that whole crew the year they won. So, you know, I think there's some neat, neat things to be said. Um, if we're going into funniest moment of, of watching, I'm trying to think back. I think it was in 2012 when the Jets were playing the Pats, maybe. Mark Sanchez ran right into the back end there of his guard and fumbled it forward. Mark fumble. Sanchez is like the favorite <laughs> butt joke of Ugh. quarterbacks, pun completely intended. My favorite, you know, butt of the sport joke when it comes to quarterbacks, because he's the only guy I know that either puts his face up his guard's rear end to fumble forward for a touchdown or (laughs) picks up a ball and instead of just dying, it throws it back through the end zone to give away a safety. So if you're talking about that just for fun, I'm I'm definitely going with Sanchez and his butt fumble. (laughs) Okay, David, uh, what do you have? So I actually took this in a different light. I did not think about what I personally had been at, but just any sporting event, what would be a great moment to be at live watching it happen? And I thought about, you know, there are sports where you have six, seven game series. So there's a little buildup, but you also have sports where you're just one game and done. And I came down to the final game of March Madness, but then it might depend, you know, if a team you like is playing or not. But what I settled on was the game-winning drive of the Super Bowl, especially if it's close. You have, you know, even if you don't like the teams, it's still exciting when there's a close game. You know, you're at that last two-minute drive. The offense is going down the field. Defense trying to stop them. There's a lot of emotion and intensity with that. So I'm just going to go that as my best moment at a live sporting event. Nice. So I, um, yeah, I was thinking like Super Bowls and things like that. Um, but I'm going to go personal on this particular one. So um, a few weeks back, uh, the guys who actually helped kind of get this podcast rolling and helped us with some of the technology piece, the guys from Shy Sox Weekly um, or a White Sox podcast, uh, they actually featured the story on, on a recent blog that they had. Um, but I talked about how you know, I'm 800 plus miles away from my dad. And obviously, you know, my, my both my parents uh, were at, I think literally every sporting event that I ever played, you know, I played baseball, soccer, football, you name it year round. And they somehow made it to every single event. So obviously I have that huge connection between them and sports. Um, but being 800 miles away or so a couple of years ago, my dad 
uh, happened to be in Chicago uh, summertime, and he and I, uh, being a White Sox season ticket hall, we were going to go to uh, to the Sox game. It was a Sunday afternoon. Um, it was hot as heck that day, and we knew the Bears were playing the Steelers. Um, so we decided, hey, let's go to the go to the stadium early. We'll hang out in the concourse in the shade. Uh, we knew the the Bears game would be uh, on the TV, so let's let's hang out there, watch it from inside the stadium after we get lunch. Um, and so we're standing there. It's just an, an ordinary day. Uh, we're standing there, and two White Sox um, like team employees walk up to us and. They said, hey, you guys, is it just the two of you here today? And we're like, uh, yeah, yeah. We didn't really think anything about it. Um, and they're like, well, congrats. You just became the StubHub uh, fans <laughs> of the game. Um, and I'm like, what? What are, you, what are you talking about? So kind of long story short, uh, my dad and I got a whole bunch of free socks apparel. Uh, we got taken down into a suite. Uh, so we had like full, mm. full buffets. We had. Uh, we were right behind home plate in the in the nice suites they have there. Nice. Um, you know, got to spend the whole day together. Had the, the Bears game TV was right there. Uh, got up on the jumbotron. Um, so for me, like personally at a live sporting event, that was probably the coolest thing that I ever had. You know, just an ordinary day with my dad and I, which we don't get to do a whole lot with our distance between us, um, and it turned into something that he or I neither he nor I will ever forget. Uh, was a really special moment. So. That's got to be my my number one top live event. Um, so glad I had opportunity yeah. to talk about that. I like that. It's not so much about how the game went or who won, even though I mean that's so important. But just the memory you had there, that's yeah, that's key. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll never forget that for sure. So switching gears, one last kind of bit, uh, and kind of that same mentality is, what one sporting event do you want to attend? Um, you know, what's on your, what's your number one bucket list item when it comes to sports? Um, Gosh. there's a lot out there, but David, what do you think? Yeah. So this is, do I throw out something that costs a lot of money to go to? Do I throw out something that, you know, hard to get tickets to just a big event? I came up with two, uh, one, the masters at Augusta. I mean, just the history there, the golfers, the beauty, the course, everything that goes into Augusta, and it's the biggest golfing event of the whole season. The other one is the Monaco Grand Prix. Um, You know, it's the shortest track in F1, a little over like two miles, roughly about two miles, 19 turns. Uh, It's one of those tracks where even a slight error, you know, it's going to be fatal. You're going to drop back, you're going to crash. But also with the weather, the view, I mean, it's near the end of May, usually on Memorial Day weekend. In Monaco, I looked up, it's about 68 to 70 degrees, and it's right on the water. So you got the breeze coming in, you got the yachts in the background, you got the city behind you. I just think sitting there listening to the cars go by with that view around you would be pretty spectacular. Um, obviously, Monaco would cost more because, you know, for us being in the United States, we have to fly over there, hotels, all that good stuff. But the Masters would be fun as well. So I don't know. Either one of those, I'd be happy to attend. I'm just As watching someone... David now wearing a shirt and tie, drinking Mai Tais <laughs> while attending both of these events. There we go. <laughs> oh, Lord. Hey, David, as someone who's uh, looked very, very heavily into actually making that, mm. that same trip a reality, my advice is to stay in France and then drive over. It's uh, <laughs> significantly much. cheaper to fly in and, and stay. Oh, um, I'm sure. It's just a, a hop. A oh. quick hop over the, the corner of the shore there. Yeah. Mm. So, 
Uh, Matt, what you thinking? Oh, well, apparently you guys have been reading off my notes because Monaco <laughs> is definitely mine uh, for one of my big ones. So I'm going to throw out a couple others, especially since David did such a good job, you know, making me wish that I was in the warmer weather mm. and watching that race right now. Make you jealous. Um, hopefully I'm going to ride up in my own boat one day and just park it and you guys can all just jump in. All right. That sounds good. Um, a couple other fun ones. Uh, number one. The number one football rivalry, I think, uh, in the U.S. is the high school game of Maslin. Um, yeah. The Maslin-McKinley game. Um, Quick shout out. My cousin Canton. went to Maslin. Yep. Yeah. Maslin-McKinley-Canton game. I yeah. I really want to go see that. They say the stadium is absolutely packed out. I've got a friend from college that lives over there. Um uh, you know, shout out to him and the fact that he said that it's probably one of the best events you could ever go to. So you're not looking at stacked out prices. You're talking about Friday night lights. Mm. People come from all over to see this game. Obviously, the rivalry is just built up beyond words. So, um, you know, anybody who's in town for that game, let me know. I'd be happy to go and uh, get to see those guys play for that big of a night. That That just sounds like fun to me. Um, especially coaching at that level now, I, I would enjoy that a lot. Uh, another one, since my wife's such a big tennis fan uh, and I'd like to get to Australia, I'm going to say the Australian oh, Open. Okay. Now, she's going to laugh at me because I usually make fun of tennis more than I'll ever <laughs> sit in front of it. But you know what? It's it's certainly a lot easier to watch in person than it is to watch on the TV when all you hear is, Ugh! Uh, hey. uh, uh, <laughs> you know, back and forth. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that the speed of the ball looks a lot more impressive in person than it does on TV. Oh my gosh, he hit it at 107 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, and that dude just pitched it at 100 miles an hour, so it all looks the same. Oh wait, that's a hard bat that just cracked that thing out of the whole stadium. Cool. Sorry, I'll I'll get off my boat about that one. But you know, I think those would be a couple really cool events. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I've got to visit a lot of neat college sports. So, you know, if I'm looking for – would I go back to an NCAA men's basketball championship again? You better believe it. Would I go watch, um, you know, college football championship? Absolutely. Um, and I agree. Uh, golf would be a lot of fun at the Masters. I just – I think the Maslin-McKinley game really brings you down to mm-hmm. kind of an area where you get to see um, – boys roll back and forth in the in the trenches and such a big rivalry where everything is put down on them um and then again you know i think australia would be a fun trip and i've got some friends over there from college so would love to get over there and and see i'll watch one round with her and then i'll probably disappear for a little try to go find some crocodile dundee action (laughs) just make sure you bring your knife oh this is a knife Make sure you toss some dynamite in the river and pull out dinner. Yeah. All right, John, what's on your mind for this one? Um, let's see. So I had a few that was playing with my mind. Obviously, so I've been to a bunch of Carolina games and I've been to Carolina Duke games, but I've only been to those games when it's been like a tournament setting. So obviously still high intensity, but uh, I've never mm-hmm. had the opportunity to be uh, see a Duke Carolina game. Um you know, in either other home mm-hmm. actual uh, buildings. So it's always been at a third party, you know, Greensboro Arena or something like that, or in Charlotte. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I want to feel that atmosphere in one, either one of those uh, 
drop that $2,500 and, <laughs> and get into to one of those uh, environments. So that was one. But I think if I think all-time greatest for me on bucket list, I have to go racing uh, just because it's such a passion for me. So I had uh, three different ones that I was thinking out. Monaco was obviously a huge one and one. Unanimous vote, ladies and gentlemen. Go. Unanimous <laughs> vote. Second one tonight. Approved. But it's, it's not my number ding, one, ding, though. It's oh. not my number one. Right. It doesn't matter. It's still on the list. It's still, but it's still on the list. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely one that uh, I've looked heavily into. Uh, it was actually one of the top two that I was looking at a couple of years ago when we ended up going to uh, to um, Monza and, and seeing the race in Italy. Um, but so Italy was on there. I crossed that off the list. Monaco is definitely on there for sure. Um, the number two, I think, for me is uh, I want to go see the Singapore Grand Prix. Um, mm. They don't know how many more years they're going to race there. And uh, for those of you that haven't checked out your Singapore uh, lately, it's basically like, you know, you know, think Las Vegas and New York put together kind of thing. It's it's unbelievable, especially at night. And they race through the seat, through the streets of Singapore City um, under the lights, the you know gr- the brake rotors glowing, the fireworks spectacle. It's it's an unbelievable event. Um, Speaking of which, New York, uh, you know, heads up to you if you guys want to get your ad together and let us get some racing in on your streets, <laughs> New York City. <laughs> that'd be right nice hey, they, Times Square. they do have formula e there they actually have two races for formula e um not quite the same as like a formula one race but maybe we should venture over there one of these days as a guy's trip um chris threw out a big one that he we're hoping to maybe do in the next couple of years uh, i think is a big guy's trip would be the 24 hours of daytona uh mm. camp out down yes. there that yeah. would be an epic trip i think we should make that happen and maybe record a live episode while fun. we're down there with the hey. with the cars going around in the background it'd also be an easy trip to do yeah absolutely yeah. especially stateside yeah. yeah it's not exactly warm in daytona at that time of the year but oh, we, we it's still it. florida and you're not that it's far away warmer from... than here <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> the <Yeah>. midwest <laughs> yeah at least the wind chill is not one degree outside so um, but I, I think my, my all time number one, I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to make it happen, but I want to go to the 24 hours of Le Mans, mm. um, okay. greatest sports car spectacle of all time, such an incredible history. Um, you know, just to, to run through the night and these back roads that <laughs> cars should never even be going at those speeds, 200 miles an hour down country roads, to the city of Le Mans. Uh, in the middle of nowhere, France, no street lights, no anything. Um, just it's the one of the biggest parties of all time from a motor storage standpoint. Um, it's got to be on my list. You know, I had the Indy 500 uh, also on my list, and Chris and I were lucky enough to cross that off our bucket list on the 100th anniversary a few years back. So um, I got to go. I got to go. I will, uh, just to add to that, I did get to go do that uh, back in, I think it was the 90th running or 92nd running so i missed the 100th running with you guys but uh that is a really great event uh definitely go sit up in the tower section on turn four if you can get a seat up there it's it's brilliant getting to sit up there and and people coming in from all over the world to watch that i had i think a portuguese guy hand me his um radio or hook me up with his radio in another in a second auxiliary port so i could listen to some of these guys talking them from the pit yeah, that was probably my number two greatest personal live sporting event. 
um, 100th anniversary, there's 400,000 people there. <laughs> uh, Indianapolis suddenly became like, you know, a top city in itself. 10 city in the U.S. because of the race that day. Um, somehow, immediately after the race, um, Chris and I decided to bolt down the pit lane uh, and just see what we could see. And somehow we found a very, very generous security guard who decided <laughs> to just wave us right into Victory Circle. So we were uh, literally six, seven feet from Alexander Rossi um, in the mm. car, the reef. We actually got to go out and kiss the bricks, um, you know, shortly before Alexander yeah. Rossi. So it's hard to, you know, the only thing that could beat that is, is time with my dad and a special thing. But that's a close second for sure. That was an unbelievable thing that I'll never get an opportunity to do again to say I've kissed the bricks um, at the 100th anniversary of the Indy 500. So. Yeah, I can't beat that for sure. But um, all right, so guys, let's let's throw the checkered flag in the racing theme. Um, final thoughts: thirty seconds. What do you guys got going on this week? Uh, you know, what do you want to things on your mind? Complain about sporting events you're gonna watch? What's, what's <sighs> going on? And this one's simple. So living in North Carolina, I'm pretty close to Charlotte. I've had the opportunity to go to two Hornet games in the past week. So last Monday, I got to see the Golden State Warriors put a beat down on the Hornets. And then actually just a few hours ago, I got back uh, watching the Trailblazers put another beat down on the Hornets. So just to complain about my Hornets for a moment, um, consistently stuck in mediocrity. Never make the playoffs, never tank, get a good pick. They're always stuck in that 12, 13, 14 spot. So they don't improve. I don't know. They need a new – they have a new GM. They just need a new – I don't know. They need something. Cause I'm sick of just seeing them plateau. So anyway, yep. Fun to go to the, games, but outcome of what I expected. It's been the story of that franchise, <sighs> yeah, for a long time. Ever since like, since like LJ and Alonzo and all them <laughs> Muggsy left. Yeah, that's been the story of the franchise. Fortunately, Matt, what's your final thoughts? Oh, um. I think I'm probably the most excited coming up for March Madness. This is one of my favorite times of year, again, getting to grow up and see the championship runs and uh, getting to go to multiple of the events as, as they're playing in locally and stuff. Um, so I'm really excited to see that come up. I actually got the uh, got to have fun, and uh, there's an alumni event from my college because Chris Holtman is a fellow alumnus as the head coach of the Ohio State basketball team. Uh, they did a did did an event at the Ohio State Iowa game, so my wife and I had a chance to go do that. And um, Ohio State whooped up on Iowa, and I didn't know if that was going to be a thing for <laughs> for that night, considering what they've been on. And I did. I found it funny that the referees were so bad. Holtman uh, got a got teed up, um, and then the Iowa coach in the second half got teed up for going after the referee. And apparently, after the game was over got suspended for going after the referee again in the hallway after the game was over. So, um, you know, just a couple fun things, but yeah, I'm, I'm really getting wound up over March man is getting ready to start. So I'm pretty excited about that time of year coming up. Nice. And I'll go down the complaining route. Uh, <laughs> I'm still a little peeved off at my white socks. Um, you know, they talked a really, really big game, probably one of the, lowest or top two lowest uh, payrolls in all of baseball talked about how they um you know our our owner wanted to get one last championship while you know he's getting up 
older in age. And anyways, we talked a big, big game for a lot of months now about how we're going to bring in top talent. We're in the middle of this rebuild and we're going to spend this big money and bring in this free agent. Um, and we were $50 million short on our offer for Manny Machado. And then apparently we didn't even bother to make an offer to Bryce <laughs> Harper. Um, and either one of those guys, especially, especially Harper, um, I like both these guys, but Harper, I think was the one that I was hoping to get, um, you know, the face of the franchise is it's unfortunately the White Sox are, you know, we're, we're second fiddle in Chicago, but that's all right. It's, it's one of the things that we, we take it on a chance. We have a chip on our shoulder that, um, and we use against the Cub fans. Um, and you know, there's a, a lot of history on that team and we've gone through, you know, 2005 world series, which ESPN forgets on a yearly basis, um, <laughs> a whole separate topic, but that was unfortunately a long time ago. We're talking about 13, 14 years ago now. Um, and the, the team deserve, we've had a couple of decent teams since then, but you know, we've been stuck in this, that same kind of race sort of like the Hornets, you know, we've, we've not been terrible, but we've never been enough to make a really a challenging run at anything. So we decided to blow it up and tear it down as a season ticket holder, watching some of these guys. It should not be major league baseball players on a day after day basis has been painful. Um, and then to completely get outbid, but for one, and then not even make an offer for the other is um, let's say the, the fan base here is, is pretty hurt at the moment. Um, spring training is kicked off. So I'm sure as the season goes on, um, you know, and hopefully we get Eloy Jimenez up from Charlotte here in just a few weeks. Um, as he makes his debut in Chicago. Hopefully that'll ease the pain as he's supposed to be um, just an unbelievable talent. But right now I'm pretty steamy at the White Sox and kind of disgruntled fan. Um, and then as I updated my Twitter feed, I, I become a football, football curious, football. um, so I've been watching some, uh, Tottenham Spurs uh, over there in the, in the premier league and, uh, they're playing, uh, this week as well. So I'll be waking up early and checking out that team. <laughs> uh, as I told someone their day, people in Chicago, we tend to gravitate towards people with the last name of Kane. So I got Patrick Kane here and Harry Kane over in Tottenham. So let's go, let's go Spurs. I feel like we need a British guy yelling goal right now. <laughs> goal! <laughs> yes. Keep yes. going. Needs to be about 45 <laughs> seconds be, long. Keep going. They're always long. <laughs> so anyways, uh, but the, uh, best, the best sports announcing is still the um, – uh, what's the Hispanic channel for the NFL? Because that one wins when they go, touchdown! Yeah. <laughs> Oh, without yeah, a doubt, the Spanish broadcasters so yeah. are <clears throat> they're the best into it. in all the sports. They're, they are into it. I, I don't speak Spanish. I don't know what they're saying, but <laughs> the passion is unbelievable. It, may, it puts U.S. announcers to shame. Yeah. So whether it be racing or football or soccer or anything else. So, anyways, so guys, let's wrap it up. It's been another great episode. Um, can't wait to uh, talk to you guys uh, in this coming week and. Uh, Look forward to you guys as listeners. Look forward to the feedback, uh, the questions, the comments, the the criticisms. Uh, <laughs> the you guys are crazy. The the Patriots are not the greatest team, and they're they're cheaters. I'm I'm waiting for that to, to hit to drop on Twitter this week. So looking forward to it, guys. Um, so he's got uh, his John... defense already waiting. Just so you know, the rest of us <laughs> agree with you. But you know, Dave and I agree with everybody else. But you know, we'll let John defend himself. Yeah, 
they uh, might be uh, black and blue by the time we meet again mm-hmm. after all Could the be. Twitter hate that I'll get this week. And I hate the Patriots, too, so it's, it's, I'm going to have to defend <laughs> it them. It worse. <laughs> yeah, it makes it even worse. It's like a, it's oh. a double whammy. It's a lose-lose for me. Um, but anyways, so thanks again, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next week, and looking forward to it. Night, guys. Night. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions or feedback, please email us at the Sunday Drive Podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to have your sports related question featured on the show, leave us a voicemail at 704 251 9455. Also, if you're interested in staying up to date with us outside of the show, please follow us at Sunday Drive underscore pod on Twitter and Facebook. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review and subscribe if you want to hear more. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We sincerely appreciate it. So for Chris back in the studio, David and Matt, I'm John, and we are the Sunday Drive. <laughs>